how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're having a semi in between categories and somewhat, I guess, treat yourself night to Event Horizon. Yeah. The OG Grimdark movie, apparently. Is that what this is? <laughs> well, not really, but. The one we didn't pick to review in the category, but. <laughs> It's like tagged on at the end. It, we're tagging it on because it's a Warhammer 40k movie. This is what I keep hearing. Kinda, but we can talk about that. I guess, like, I see why it is. It is hundred percent. I don't think they like meant it to be. It just kind of happened. Like, I mean, to me, there's two options: either Paul W. S. Anderson made some pretty blatant, gross plagiarisms. Or it's a 40K movie. (laughs) And I know which one I want to (laughs) believe. Yeah. It does very much surprise me that he made this movie. And it's like, not terrible. I'll just go out right now. This is probably my least favorite director ever. Um, I just do not (laughs) like his style at all. Which is weird because I've watched a lot of his movies for some reason. But I don't know, man. I just don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think you're wrong, TV. <laughs> I, like, found out something else about him, that he did the Mortal Kombat movie. I was not aware that he did that, but I was, like, looking at the trivia, and it said he directed that before this for some reason. I was like, of course he did. <laughs> Paul W.S. Anderson. He's like the video game guy that the studios get. He's done, like, 12 Resident Evil movies. I think maybe, like, eight. I think there's, like, eight of them, but... Monster Hunter, he just did that recently, um, and he he did, yeah, Mortal Kombat. I don't think he did Annihilation, which is the only one I've seen, and that was pretty horrible, but I don't know if I can blame him for that. Nah, he didn't do Annihilation. Don't forget the original AVP. He did that? The original one, yep. Which is basically a video game movie. Pretty much. You know, it... Surprised me. I guess his movies must be profitable for some reason. I guess that's how he gets to keep making them, but I haven't seen any of the Resident Evil movies, like none of them, so. Any of them? I heard they were bad, so I never watched them. <laughs> like, I've never heard anybody say they enjoyed watching them, really, so I was like, not missing out on anything, I guess. Yeah, I like three. I think that's my favorite of the six of them, but it's like not amazing. There's a lot of zombie movies you could watch before Resident Evil 3. Anyways, bringing us back, we watched Event Horizon. Which is not a video game movie. It's a 40k movie. (laughs) (laughs) This movie, I guess, has like a pretty decent cult following behind it. Especially online, places like Reddit. It's got a cult following. It's got some weird, like, story about they were trying to get the director's cut, but the footage is like really hard to find like some of it was in a salt mine in like europe somewhere it's too badly degraded now but we'll talk about that Uh, event horizon was released in 1997 uh the director was paul ws anderson we talked a little bit about him uh the writer was philip eisner and this has my man sam neal and my man lawrence fishburne and it's got some other pretty decent actors in here And it's a sci-fi movie. Um, I'm just going to read IMDb. 
A rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. Yeah, kinda. Kinda not the best. There's some more stuff that we're probably going to talk about. But yes, this will be spoiler heavy. Yeah, beware. Man, Sam Neill is looking real good. Did you guys see his picture on IMDb? Uh Uh-uh. Like, I've always thought he was kind of a goofy-looking dude. I mean, I love Sam Neill. (laughs) He's the best. How dare you? What? But I've always thought he just kind of had this goofy-like thing. But man, on IMDb, this dude is a gray fox. He is looking fine right now. I tell you what. He aged very well. Look at that. I mean, I love Sam Neill in my notes I took while I was watching this. I was like, Sam Neill, and then put a bunch of heart emojis. So, yes, I, <laughs> I love <laughs> Sam Neill. Nice. Yeah, I love him, too. He's a great actor. Everything he's been in that I've seen, I've liked him. I don't know if I've seen a whole lot with him, but, like, Jurassic Park, obviously, is great. Mouth of Madness, he's amazing. This, he's good. He's pretty good in this, too. Yeah, he nails it, I think. Yeah, he's amazing. I love Sam Neill. But yeah, what'd you guys think of Event Horizon? I mean, you know, if anybody's listened to this podcast for more than a few months, they've probably heard me reference the movie at least once. Probably something about how it's my go-to movie. It's up there. It's my favorite. It's Whoa. the best. Like, I know it has its flaws, But I mean, I have no qualms showing my hand here because I've showed my hand on this one many times (laughs) over. (laughs) Like, I just put this thing on all the time and just let it run. I don't know what it is, but... It's a really cool mix of sci-fi and horror. And it, like, pays tributes to some, like, horror classics and stuff. Like, the whole gravity drive just looks like Puzzle Box from, you know, Hellraiser movies. That whole room, yeah. (laughs) With the spikes coming out of the walls, yeah. There's just so much cool stuff in this movie. Like, when Sam Neill's character climbs into the gravity drive, and he's in there with, like, the wicked lights and stuff, and he starts freaking out. It looks so freaking cool. And, like, the decompression scene where that guy has all that wicked makeup Ah! on him. (laughs) Oh, that was nasty. There's the, the... The green ooze and the uh, resting chamber. I thought that was like a Prince of Darkness reference right there. Like the big green vial in the middle. Oh, I've never thought of it like that, but yeah. It kind of has a Prince of Darkness vibe to it a little bit, I think. I would say if it wasn't a Warhammer movie, it'd be like a Lovecraft movie, you know? That's true. Yeah, it could definitely work for both because... It's cool because it follows that concept of like how small man is in the galaxy and how there's like all these more um, like terrifying things out there. We just don't know about it. They're just waiting for us to find them. In this movie, it's in an alternate like, I guess, dimension. And I'm sure you guys are going to talk about how this ties into Warhammer. But they have the iconic scene where they explain the wormhole, how that works. Man, that's such a good explanation for how that works, too. Like, I don't think I've seen a movie explain it better than this one. It's it's simple, makes sense, <laughs> straight to the point. <laughs> yeah, it, it's classic, and like other movies do reference it that use wormholes because it does it so well. 
when they go through this wormhole, they go somewhere um, bad, I guess is one way to put it. Well, I mean, it's not just like other movies it references too. I mean, Doom, it takes a lot from the video game Doom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it like does a lot of stuff and it all works together pretty well, I think. Yeah, I think the for sure the visuals, like just the the look of the movie is really cool. I love the um the even the shape of the event horizon is literally just like a cross. Um there's like windows that look like crosses. I mean the whole I think the whole concept is like even if it's not Warhammer, like they went to hell or something like that is basically what they're implying. And so there's like like a lot of religious like iconography. People are speaking Latin when they like get exposed to this thing. It it's pretty cool. I really like that idea of it's this like mashup, I guess, of like science and religion, and I really like it when movies do that and like kind of make the religion aspect a little horrifying and that kind of thing. I I think that's such a cool idea. And it usually works for me pretty good. It is, and unfortunately, with this movie, it was the victim of studio butchering, like hardcore butchering. So the original cut of this was a lot longer. Um, it had a lot more to do with like hell and stuff like that, but the studio made them cut it all up, which cut out a lot of the really gnarly horror stuff from hell and things like that, because it's going to get an NC-17 rating, I believe. So they, they butchered that and that it really hurt this movie a lot. This is one of the prime examples of what a studio can do to really hurt a movie because it leaves the movie like I I think all the ideas and stuff are really cool, but the the pacing is awful in this. It's got some really bad CGI in it and just like they get rid of most of the good scares by cutting out all that um, stuff from hell and some of all of the character backstory and all that stuff and you just get a bunch of really crappy jump scares in its place yeah i think it's creepy enough i don't think it even needs those jump scares that it has honestly like the the hand that floats by Lawrence fishburne and like gives him a heart attack like there's like one at the very beginning where he's like staring at a dripping water and then all of a sudden just cuts to like this really loud grate opening. Oh, like, yeah. There's like one of the engine just blasting. I, I guess I blocked out all the crappy jump scares <laughs> from my memory last time I watched it because I was surprised they're like all really bad. Jump scares aren't my favorite. But there wasn't a good one in the movie. <laughs> there is a lot of weird, like, typical horror movie stuff that does happen in this. Like, towards the ending, when they, like, um, are having the showdown with Sam Neill, and that dude comes flying in through the window. That's oh, a little goofy. Yeah. <laughs> that was so random. Oh, my goodness. And then he shoots the window out. I'm like, what are you doing, Sam? Yeah, it, it gets worse because they're, like, getting sucked into space and Sam Neill's, like, strapped into this metal chair that's bolted to the floor, <laughs> okay? And he goes flying out with the chair. Like, it gets ripped out of the spaceship. But Lawrence Fishburne holding on to the side does not. <laughs> it's just raw human strength of Lawrence Fishburne. He's a strong guy. There's a lot of small, 
like typical dumb horror movie stuff that does happen in this, but I think the major points of this movie that I like are when it has the big showcase scenes. I think it does those really well. The imagery is just so good, yeah. And I think the ideas are pretty strong too, which really helps. Even if there's like, yeah, some of this iffy stuff sprinkled in, there's they still give you some good stuff too, like the transmissions of the crew that were there before them having their like blood orgy or whatever the heck's going on. And I love those transmissions. Those are so creepy, yeah. And that's what we were going to get more of in the the full cut of this, but nope. Yeah, I just kept thinking, this should have been Hellraiser sequel, dang it. Somebody should have just put Pinhead in this. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, this does better at Hellraiser in space than Hellraiser 4, honestly. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, is Hellraiser 4 the one in space? <laughs> yeah, Hellraiser's in space in 4. If we had the director's cut of this, it probably would have been the best Hellraiser in space movie, (laughs) probably. (laughs) This pretty much is, yeah. It feels a lot like it. I know there's a lot of people who want that director's cut, and they've, like, searched for the footage, but they can't get it, so it's like the unattainable fruit, you know? So, so it like everybody wants to know what was filmed in those scenes. Who's like in the cult following of this movie? Because it's so interesting. Those are the creepiest scenes, and they apparently they filmed like what twenty more minutes of it or something. It was a lot. There's a really good video on YouTube that goes over it, and I I don't remember what it is because I watched it a long time ago. But it if you're curious. Just type in, like, Event Horizon Director's Cut or something on YouTube, and you'll find it. Yeah, you mentioned the CGI earlier. Was this movie, like, supposed to be in 3D or something? Because all these floating (laughs) objects are, like, flying right into the face of the camera. It's so bad-looking, which, to be fair, it's, like, the 90s. So CGI is not the greatest anyways at that time. But, like, it's just, like, up in your grill. It floats right at you. It's like... Were we supposed to have 3D glasses? I don't know. It just seems so weird. <laughs> it definitely is a product of its time, you know? Like, I don't even know if 3D was really viable in theaters in, what, 98 when this was there? But it does seem like they tried that, like, thing of all the stuff flying at the camera all the time back then. Yeah, it feels very video gamey right there. Yeah, they're like, look look at what we can do with this cool new stuff. Yeah, I guess they're probably just showing off like their CGI, which at the time probably was really cool, but it might I mean it might also be just how he likes Paul W. S. Anderson likes the effects to look. That is, I mean, the same way that the Res Evil movies and A V P do their CGI. Thankfully it's much better in those. One of the things that stood out to me the most is the the cgi camera like the camera movements um when they're using the cgi camera they were terrible like you could see the thing like stutter and like the perspective would warp and shift on you as it was trying to zoom around when did they do that as a lot of the establishing shots at the beginning when they're showing the event horizon or I don't remember exactly because it's been like a week since I watched it, but um, the one that stood out to me was like the at the beginning when he's looking out of that space station floating over Earth, and the Earth looks really weird and kind of feels like it's stretching out and and like squeezing in a little bit. Yeah, it, it felt weird. 
According to the trivia, they spent a third of their budget on the space station hovering above Horror. <laughs> I kind of forgot that was a shot in this movie. It wasn't very memorable. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's kind of a good idea. Like, it kind of goes in and I think, isn't it like he's upside down and it like turns around because you don't realize that he's out in space. It's kind. Of, it's a good idea, but it's just that the, it's very dated these days, but... You know. I, I always like when they do stuff like that because it's like in in space there's no up down left or right or whatever. It, it gives it a unique perspective, but just yeah, their CGI camera work was not good, and it was making me dizzy a lot too because they were just rolling it around like a bowling ball. All their practical effect work was good. I mean, yeah, everything else I thought yeah it was awesome visually for sure. Yeah, like. The blood dumping out of the, the portal, was that what happened? Or was it just like that black goop or something that was just like flowing out? That looks so cool. Or when she like falls out of the ceiling that, I don't know what her job was. She was like a medic or something, just splats. Like that looked really good. Yeah, the like medical room scene where he's like all ripped open and stuff. That's pretty gnarly. Or when the ship starts bleeding, ah, oh, I'm a sucker for that. I like it when the when the inanimate objects bleed. It's so creepy, <laughs> so metal. Yeah, I wouldn't say CGI ruins it too much for me, just because I can. It's the times, man. They just did. They were one. They were using it willy nilly. Some directors, you know, knew how to utilize it, but it was so new that they were just happy to show it off. I think too. It just, uh, it just looks so bad now. <laughs> it's, it's. It's really unfortunate because it really distracts you a lot. It, or at least it did for me at the beginning of it. Yeah, it doesn't stand up very well, but the rest of the sets in this movie are so cool. It's like ripped straight from Alien, which I am okay with. It's got like the retro style computer kind of thing going on. I guess the ship's log, you know, is kept on a, uh, a CD now instead yeah. of a floppy drive, man. This movie was high tech. <laughs> I don't know why, but I've always loved uh, Lawrence Fishburne's Captain Chair on um, the Lewis and Clark. It's so cool. <laughs> it's kind of cool, but it also like looks a little awkward. Like it could just be a normal spinning chair. I feel like he like awkwardly <laughs> is like talking to the crew as his seat slowly turns when like. He could have, like, manually turned to look at his crew at that time, you know? Man, that chair is, like, about, you know, I don't know, eight inches of extra plastic from being, like, the Emperor's chair in Star Wars. Yeah! <laughs> I do like the way the ships look, too. Like, in this movie, how they're in, like, the the cloud of Neptune or wherever they're at. I think they're at Neptune, right? Yep, yep. I thought that was a pr pretty cool shot of, like, their ship coming up on the event horizon like it's cgi but it looks good it that like holds up i did think that seems kind of weird though like why are they going so fast towards the event horizon like and they're about to crash they know where it is like they're tracking it i don't know why they're going full speed ahead at that thing and they're acting like oh it's right there we gotta stop because they're it's just so weird they're all visually looking for it they can't see it. Yeah, but it's like, 
Our scanners say it's 5,000 miles ahead. Oh, it's now we're 4,000. You think they start to slow down? <laughs> Their instruments are all messed up. I don't know. I, I do feel like 5,000 meters in space is not very much. Yeah, right. you think you should be slowing down a little bit. Go cautious. Yeah, I mean, there's like inertia. So even if they fire the backwards burners at like 500 <laughs> meters or wherever they stop, I mean. <laughs> yeah, coming in so hot. Yeah, there's a couple reasons, I think, for that. One, um, like, it's typical crappy character decision, scary movie stuff for the plot. Also, yeah, I don't think the crew is very smart. I mean, they send this guy in who sticks his hand immediately into the portal <laughs> thing on this ship that's deserted and floating in Neptune. Like, why didn't they send in some people who were kind of smart? <laughs> Maybe it was calling to him. That's the thing. As soon as they all of them step on the ship, it starts messing with their mind, which doesn't excuse all of the poor story beats, though. <laughs> yeah, it's not displayed very well until like 30 minutes later, probably longer than that. But even then, it has just that crappy, you know, character horror movie decisions from like the 80s, you know, <laughs> I guess they still make them today. I thought Lawrence Fishburne was pretty smart. I really liked him in this movie. He was so, like, no-nonsense. Like, immediately, he's like, we're leaving. We're done. Let's get out of here. This is... <laughs> we don't have to stick around. And, like, he's like, you know, oh, you saw something creepy? Like, well, let's listen to him. Like, the doctor's turned like, no, 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 it's an illusion. And he's like, no, we're gonna, you know, let's hear what he has to say. I believe him and stuff like that. He's pretty rational about it, I think, which I really liked. Yeah, he, he doesn't just discount everything, like, Everybody, like most people in charge, do in a horror film. You're right. I hadn't thought of that. That is that is something cool. It gives him a little bit of a different type of character than what you would expect. Yeah, he fits the captain role super well. Lawrence Fishburne does awesome. But I also noticed how there's like the dynamic uh, differences between him and Sam Neill's character. Just at the beginning, like. Lawrence Fishburne is more rational thinking. He's the captain and whatnot. And Sam Neill's more science. He's like, ah, there can't be anything wrong with it. We got the science to back it up. So, Although I am suspicious of Sam Neill. He's like that Lovecraftian professor. <laughs> he's obsessed. <laughs> Under the influence of the outside beings. He is kind of insane at the start of this movie, too. Because he's already having the weird, like, flashbacks to his dead wife before he's even on the event horizon which i had a theory i was wondering since he invented it surely he's been exposed to this thing already like i wonder if it's like kind of been calling to him ever since and that's why he's so like there's nothing wrong with the ship i love the ship the ship is great because he's been like it's slowly been like pulling him in all these years i would say so yeah i like yeah i like the shift of the dynamics between him and lawrence fishburne because at first, you don't really like Lawrence Fishburne. You know, he's kind of like the mean captain. We don't want you on this ship. This is, you know, this is dumb. And you think Sam Neill's like, oh, he's just trying to do his job. He's just trying to help. But it kind of slowly doesn't be like that anymore, I guess. You know, Sam Neill becomes bad and evil. And Lawrence Fishburne's like, okay, Lawrence Fishburne's right. He should, you should just blow the ship up. Let's get out of here. Yeah, they do have some kind of cool um, character arcs in this movie for those characters. Nothing to write home about, but they are interesting and kind of fun. A little different than the usual, which I kind of like, yeah. And I feel like we would have gotten a lot more character stuff with that director's cut, too. Because, I mean, 
they have the stuff in there, but they don't have enough time to explore a lot of it besides Sam Neill and a little bit of Lawrence Fishburne's stuff. Yeah, I agree. I would not complain at all if this movie was like 20 minutes longer. Oh, absolutely. Give me that extra footage. That would be pretty cool. Hopefully, like, 30 years in the future, they found it, <laughs> and we can watch it then. I think Paul Anderson has confirmed that, like, the only film reel of it left was too far degraded to, like, be usable. I think he's been thinking about refilming it, though, is what I heard. They're refilming it? He wants to, I think, but I don't know if anybody's going to fund that, but... Man, that would be awesome. He's got so many wonderful things to show us. Where we're going, you don't need eyes. <laughs> Sam Neill looks so gnarly when he was like full on, um, I, I don't know, Lovecraftian dude. Full on chaos icon. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I guess. He looks so cool. Well, I guess, how about you guys describe to us how this is a Warhammer movie? Yeah, let's hear it. You, you gotta think, it's not gonna be like what you know of Warhammer, right? Because this is going way back in time, right? This is when humanity first encounters what's known as the warp. The beginning of the Dark Age. Yes, because in, in 40K, if you want to do faster than light travel, they, they can't do it. The only way they can do it is they have to go through the warp. And when they go into the warp, um, they can pop out at their destination in a lot less time. But there's a problem with that. The warp is basically the dominion of the chaos gods. So whenever you go into the warp, the chaos gods can send their um, legions to attack your ship whenever the heck they want. When you're in the warp, the um, demons and, like, chaos space marines, all that good stuff can just show up on your ship and start wrecking, <laughs> wrecking it and killing all the people and doing chaos nasty things to you. So, what this movie is, is humanity first discovering the warp, and they make the event horizon, which has the capability to go into it, and they go in there, and they get messed up by the chaos gods, and they come back out to get more people to go in there and spread the technology more. Doesn't, it, like, the chaos, like, corrupt people, too, and, like, make them crazy? Yep. It can affect even the emperor's finest. That's why they have the... The Inquisitors and the Inquisition, and that's why they root out all signs of heresy in the 40k universe. Yes, the writer of this movie may be a Warhammer fan or something. It does sound very similar. I would be about it if, like, at the end of this movie, the portal opened up and some space marines came through. Like, it feels <laughs> like it would fit, you know? If orcs showed up, oh my god, that'd be so cool at the very end. Blimey, where are ye humans? And they go, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Yeah, the, the orcs love going into the warp because then they just they're just hoping that the chaos gods will send some people on their ship so they can start fighting them. They're hilarious. That would be a better ending, I think, 
than this movie, <laughs> even though it would confuse general <laughs> audiences. <laughs> but like the the double fake out at the end of this movie is so lame, I think. Like it shows that they are still like under the effect of whatever was on the event horizon. Because, well, I guess they're having the same flashbacks like Sam Neill did and that kind of stuff at the start of the movie. But I think it's kind of lame, too. It goes back to, like, the double horror fake-outs where the monster, you know, does get back up or something. Or crawls into the camera. Or there was just a dream. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was kind of just a throwback to the beginning, which kind of makes it a little bit better for me. Just, like, she's been exposed to it, too, so it's going to be haunting her forever. Yeah, it does that, and then immediately goes into, like, club rock music. Like the Mortal Kombat theme for <laughs> the credits. The music <laughs> in this is awful. <laughs> it's so bad. It was kind of fun in, like, a 90s way, I guess. Reminded me of the 90s. But also, it was like, you know, this doesn't really fit what's going on here at all. I would say it's nostalgic at best <laughs> i did have a little smile on my my face at the beginning when i was like oh <laughs> this is what we went with okay so 90s uh, they thought it was cool <laughs> yeah i'm sure it was back then so i guess i'm kind of mixed on like the whole the flashback horror kind of stuff going on in this where all their like pasts are coming back to haunt them I think it works pretty good for Sam Neill, and it kind of works for the medic woman who has her son haunting her, because it's like, it's, they kind of set that up with the the video camera or whatever. Um, she's like watching videos of her son, but the one with like Loris Fishburne, like it looks cool with the fire guy, but I just don't feel like, it just feels so forced where he has to like sit down and have this like five minute conversation explaining what happened. I don't know. It doesn't feel very natural to me. The fireman is, oh no, it's bad. <laughs> like when he shoots out that fire beam at him and stuff. Oh, it's so cheesy. He looks pretty gnarly though. Like he's in that, that pit of like tar and it's in that set with the gravity drive. That dude's on fire. He looks gnarly. I'll give him that. When he comes out of the, the goop, yeah, that looks pretty cool. He does look cool, but they don't use him very well. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of shows up, and it's, I don't know. It would have been cool if it was like a hell demon or something, I think, rather than like a flashback, because there's just no like context for it. Yeah, I just didn't need the five-minute explanation. Sit down with uh, Lawrence Bishop and talk about his tragic backstory. They could have like hinted at that, like they did with everybody else, I guess. That would have been good, but just wasn't vibing for me so much. I bet it was probably fleshed out more in director's cut. Probably. Heck, they may have even put that scene in there because of all the stuff oh. that got cut. Maybe. I don't know. See, seeing his other movies, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him that that was in there, too, Oof. from the start. <laughs> that is true. It's so weird that he did this movie when all the rest of his are like, pretty bad well i guess i kind of like this movie a lot so <laughs> not to show my hand early too a lot of people like the first mortal Kombat movie and the first resident evil movie too i mean the first resident evil is like fine as a 90s movie but it's eh. all right yeah we know better now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i would say this is his best film for sure 
problems and all, this is his best one. I'd probably agree with that, yeah, at least from the ones I've seen. This doesn't have uh, Mia Jovovich in it. That's true. That's kind of weird. I wouldn't mind seeing her in this, honestly. She's, I like her. She would definitely fit very well. So I I own this movie uh, <laughs> on Blu-ray. Well, well, um, well. So, so that's how I watched it. And the audio mix has got to be one of the worst ones I've ever <laughs> listened to in a movie. Yes. It is so bad. <laughs> you cannot hear what they are saying the entire movie and everything else is just cranked up as loud as they could get it i think it's the bass frequencies i uh i didn't do this one with ones with headphones this time but we're we're moving so i did it off my pc and i've got a a nice little fat bass speaker right in my face on my pc setup and oh my god all i could hear was just the the rumblings of the ship and the it's like all the time over everything the talking the everything yeah the whispers are horrible like you can't, like when sam neil's walking around and hears his like wife wife whispering to him i can't i couldn't understand that i turned on subtitles because well i usually do that anyways but i would not have known what she was saying if i hadn't put those on yeah it it surprised me how bad the mix was on on the Blu-ray. Anyway, it sounds like it wasn't. Did did you guys rent it and stream it? Yeah, yeah. I rented the 4K one. Yeah, same. There's a 4K of this. Dang. It seemed fine though. Besides the whispers, I didn't really notice anything too weird. Maybe they remastered it with the 4K release then. Yeah, I didn't have that much of an issue with the audio mix, but I had subtitles on the whole time, too. Gotcha. Beware, listener, if you watch the Blu-ray of this. And the jump scare, I mean, a lot of a lot of subpar <laughs> horror films do this. They crank up the volume on the jump scares to make you jump because it's so loud. They did get me. I'll give them that. That did scare me the first couple times. Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Th then you see it coming every time. Yep. Then I just turned my volume down a little bit. <laughs> it's like, all right, here it comes. Yeah. That's what I had to do. I just like, I had to crank it down like 10, 15 notches at parts because it was so loud. And then I had to crank it back up whenever people start talking. Then I had to anticipate and crank it down again. Is a nightmare. It's like my my speaker was possessed. <laughs> oh, maybe it was exposed to the warp. Mm. The chaos. I feel like a lot of things in this movie are like that, though. Like, sometimes things are just bad, and you're like, huh, oh, Paul W.S. Anderson. But then it's Event Horizon, so I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> it's a lot more forgivable in this, I feel like, yeah. This one's the uh, his past movie, I guess. <laughs> it's a very mixed bag at times, that's for sure. <laughs> it is sometimes. Yeah, at least he's going for something crazy and cool. At least he's got something he wants to do in this, and it feels that at least that interests me, and so that I think I can forgive a lot. It does mostly succeed in what it wants to do, too. What about the beginning? Did you guys like that it gives us that like text stuff at the beginning with the... In the year, whatever, we traveled to Mars, and then in 
20 years later, we sent the Event Horizon out, and it was a horrible tragedy. I mean, I would say it's wholly unnecessary. They they cover all those plot points and dialogue in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They explain everything in that, like, kitchen scene. Even, like, the Mars thing. Cooper's like, man, there's women on Mars. I think they could have skipped it. Cause they, yeah, they explain everything. The setup's like, well, remember the Event Horizon? Everybody's like, oh, yeah, that was horrible. It's like, it's back, and then people freak out. Like, it, they do a good job of explaining it without that. Speaking of Cooper, can we just take a moment to appreciate Richard T. Jones as Cooper? Eh, he's fine. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> he's funny at the end when he's, like, flying back to the Seven Horizon. Guy saves the day. <laughs> he's the real hero of this story. That's true. That's his job. Yeah, he's, he's the savior. And the heartbreaker, that's what he says. <laughs> that's what he is. He's annoying at first, but he does grow on me at the end. That's true. He was pretty pretty funny. I think everybody did pretty good acting-wise. I liked everybody pretty well. They all had a cool rapport. It felt like they were all a crew and knew each other really well. Yeah, it was very reminiscent of like the Alien movies cruise. Yeah, it is. This might be like my favorite role Lawrence Fishburne does even. More you like it better than Morpheus? Yeah, I just feel like he seems so natural doing his captain thing. Like he just like you know, I mean Morpheus, you know, like he's an actor being Morpheus. But I feel like here he's just being Lawrence Fishburne. Like for all I know, Lawrence Fishburne's gonna helm the Mars mission. I mean I don't know, to me he just feels he just feels right. He feels like he wants to be there doing that and he's even enjoying it, like just being himself. What about the Pigeon King in John Wick 2? Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's good in Hannibal as like the police or the FBI captain or whoever he is. I like him in that. Might have to give that a little look-see sometime. Well, I guess we're ready for some overall presentation. Yep. Yeah, I'm ready. What's our scale, TV? Ooh, it goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We all give a little spiel about what we think, and then we try to average out our ratings at the end if possible, but sometimes the chaos overtakes us and it, it just doesn't quite work out. You need the guiding light of the Emperor to navigate the warp. <laughs> Apparently, yes. Um, but speaking of chaos, uh, you know, this movie kind of did remind me of like this one time when I was in college, they're having these like experiments at the university and I got to participate in one. They had this like strange black goopy portal that they kept opening and closing. And one day they wanted me to come look at it. So I went and I just couldn't resist. I had to poke it. And when I poked it, <laughs> I saw many disturbing things, so many alternate dimensions, where Dan was going first, what? Fox was going first, <laughs> I was going first. <laughs> oh, it was horrifying. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It almost drew me mad, honestly, man. I was starting to have some flashbacks for this, and I just, I think I need to go with something more comfortable for this overall presentation. So, Mike, I think probably you should go first this time. Oh, my gosh. I like how the the terrible dimensions are the other co-hosts going first. Mm. <laughs> it's horrible. Suspicious. Yeah, so I love this movie. I've seen it like five or six times now. 
And I had quite a bit of fun watching it this last time with the 4K version. Um, the sets are so cool in this movie. I love the warp drive. I love the event horizon. It's so nuts. It's got a whole bunch of like weird chaos stuff too. All of the big set pieces of this movie are awesome. I got to give it a buy it. I love it. Mm, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, I feel like I can't even talk about this movie like objectively. Like, I mean, Paul W.S. Anderson is maybe one of the worst directors in the history of cinema. <laughs> I mean, that might be a stretch, actually. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> he is bad, but Mortal Kombat, Res Evil franchise. Man. Mortal Kombat's not that bad. AVP's not that bad. (laughs) I would say AVP, OG AVP, is that bad. The next one, what is it called? Re (laughs) with an R. At least it has some blood and gore, you know? (laughs) The unrated version has blood and gore. Mm. They cut an alien's head off and you get to see his brain. Never thought Dan would be defending this guy. <laughs> I know. This is this is some weird stuff here. This is the chaos dimension. <laughs> we could have been watching some U- Uwe Boll movies or some um some American Psycho 2 All American Girl and all that uh, stuff. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know what? There's bad movies out there. Although I've seen one of the death races and I tell you what, it's not it's not pretty. <laughs> I'm not saying he's good, but he's not the worst thing ever. He just continues to churn out bad movies, I guess. You know, it's not the movies he makes are so appallingly horrible. It's just that there's never any growth as a director. They just keep being bad time and time again. Yeah, the same style even. It's like, I don't know. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked here, but... You know, we, we've watched a lot of cult classics, cult movies on this podcast, and I, I gotta say, out of all of them, Event Horizon is the only one that I've really felt like I'm really in the cult on. I mean, I love this movie a lot. I have seen it so many times, or, like, no kidding, if I'm, you know, doing some house cleaning, working, can't find someone to watch, I'll just throw this thing on. It is one of my all-time favorite movies, and it is easily a buy from me. I don't know why I don't own it. I've... Oh my god, I mean, I've probably spent hundreds, maybe over a hundred at least, dollars renting this stupid movie over the years. (laughs) Why don't I? Why don't I buy a copy already? That's the most intense buy it I've ever heard from Fox. Yeah, wow. So passionate. I mean, I just love so many things. I love this sci-fi, religion, fantasy, occultism mashup. Yes, this is a buy it from Fox pretty easily (laughs) uh yeah so this is the second time i've seen this and the first time i was really not a fan of this movie um i thought it was kind of lame but it really grew on me this time i think that does go for some cool ideas and the imagery is really cool all the performances are great Lawrence fishburne's awesome sam neill of course the standout but you know there's also stuff that i don't like cgi is very dated i mean you know you gotta always watch a film in context but man Especially when he's like shoving it in our face with this weird like 3D esque <laughs> filmmaking style, but um, there's also you know just some plot stuff. I think like the memory flashbacks, like it works for Sam Neill's character, but also I feel like he could have done a lot cooler stuff with the whole concept of going to hell and then coming back. 
maybe more demony stuff, but he does some of that too, which, so the, I don't know, there's like a lot of good and there's a lot of like kind of more meh things in this, um, but I think I'm going to give it a watch. It. I, I did like this actually. It was, it's a very watchable movie. I can understand where Fox is coming from and Mike's coming from where you've seen this so many times and I don't know. I was never bored watching it at the very least, so I, I, I give it a watch it. Something I've always liked about Event Horizon is it's one of the, it's not great by any means, but it's one of the better, like, horror in outer space movies that is, <laughs> that's out there, really. Because, surprisingly, there's not a lot of that, and <laughs> the, what we have, for the most part, is not good. Um, like, the best is obviously Alien, then there's a, a few others, but... This one's one of those that's that's falls in the in the better category than in the not great category. That being said, though, it is a very mixed bag. Um, all of the imagery and ideas are very good in this, and the imagery really pulls a lot of the weight in this movie because. Um, it it's it's so badly paced like it feels a lot like you're just going from one scene to another scene just like at random at times and the characters aren't great besides like the two main ones um bad cgi bad music bad jump scares it really ruins a lot of the tension and stuff they're going for but at the same time this movie got butchered like really butchered by the studio and so it's almost i'd say a completely different end product because of the amount of butchering that was done to this movie i i do enjoy this more than um i dislike it though so i am going to give it a watch it uh just because of all the good this film does is so, is really interesting, and it's a Warhammer 40k movie. So <laughs> I love Warhammer 40k. So <laughs> I can't say don't watch it to that. Well, there you have it. We're like caught in between a very very strong buy from Fox and me to watch it. Yep, somewhere in there, it's the chaos realm between dimensions. I I remember I saw it in the bargain bin at Walmart for like five bucks, and I was like, you know, I've heard a lot about this movie, but I haven't seen it. So I watched it, and I was like, you know, that that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. And then I've watched it many times over the years, and since I've watched more movies and have developed a better um, eye for good filmmaking, at least I think I have anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's slowly this movie kind of goes down a lot of rungs but it's still like that initial experience i had with it and then the 40k stuff too i'm like you know that's that's all right i think more people will enjoy that tv i figured out why we like resident evil 3 so much why what's this he didn't direct it. What? Really? <laughs> he just produced and wrote it, and somebody else directed it. Whoa, mind blown. And then he came back to directing it after that one came out. Why would they get rid of that person? That person did a good job. I know. 
That explains a lot about it, though, I think. <laughs> that one was not good either. It is good. <laughs> no, no. Oh, man, it's better than the other ones. Man. man if you watch them in order, that's like a an oasis of <laughs> goodness. It's like Mad Max with zombies and a telepathic chick with a trench coat and two cookery knives. Yeah, and kung fu. So, for next week, there's a big movie coming out. That we're all so excited about. At least I know I'm on the edge of my seat for this movie. Godzilla vs. Kong is coming out. So we're going to build up to it. Um, I mean, we record these in advance, so it's going to be <laughs> like a month late. Don't tell them that. We're going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to watch uh, the original Godzilla movie from 1954. We're going to watch Godzilla 2014, Kong Skull Island. And then we're going to watch King of Monsters in preparation for Godzilla vs. Kong, the next big cinematic movie coming straight to y'all, streaming devices on HBO. So That's a lot of the lizard. Yeah, but I'm excited. This movie is, I'm hyped. So hopefully this buildup will just, it, I, well, maybe, hopefully, I don't, I don't know. Hype can be dangerous, but yep, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a fun way to build up to it. I need to see more Godzilla. I'm interested. It's really just an excuse to get these other hosts, besides Dan, to watch some Godzilla, dang it. Come on. Yeah, I love me some Godzilla. Give me a reason. Come on. <laughs> this is been a hit and a miss sometimes for me, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. In the meantime, if any of you listeners out there want to get in contact with us, want to talk to us about Event Horizon or any other grim dark movies of that caliber, uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. Do you like Event Horizon? Is it worthy of its cult classic status? Is it Paul W.S. Anderson's best movie? I want to know. Are you a, a fan of his? I'd like to hear about that too. What's your favorite 40K faction? Yeah, tell us that, I guess. I don't know any of them. It'll <laughs> I'll have to forward it on. And why is it Chaos Marines? <laughs> Heretic. Heresy. <laughs> yeah, well, be sure to get in contact with us. We'd really appreciate to hear from you. And be sure to tune in next week for this Godzilla series. Oh, mm. man, I'm so excited. We're going to have some thoughts on this. So, yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening to us tonight. This is Run The Real, signing off. Thank you.